AM630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. My name is Marcus Burgos. I am your host. You know, I was thinking about the power and the authority that we have, especially as Christians. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I that, I mean, we always use that as, as pastors. We use that to, to, to offer the gospel, the good news to someone, and all they need to do is confess and believe, and, and that's all. But that... That passage right there, I think, gives us a glimpse of the authority, the power that we have in what we say and what we believe. If you believe in it, you have authority to make a change about it. And you just start talking about it and you start doing something about it. And and there can be a change in your life. If you confess and you believe the way Romans says, it'll make the, the, the most ginormous change in your life, which is eternal life. So what happens in the future, in the next year, in this year, when you start making plans to change, these are little things. The biggest thing has already happened. That is the conversion of your heart, your soul. Now, instead of going uh, into hell, into death, you're going to heaven and into life. You have eternal life because of your decision. So the greatest decision, if you have made it, has already been done. The hard work has already been uh, accomplished. Jesus dying on the cross for your for your sins and for my sins. The hardest part is done. Now the easy part is just about you making a, a decision. In in uh, in in the same book, matter of fact, this is this is Romans chapter ten. You go two chapters over, and it says, you know what? Change your thinking. Don't be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that these things could be could happen and you can change. You can live the change that the preacher has been preaching about, that you see other people and you, you're having a hard time. You begin with your thinking, begin with the decision, begin with your believing, and let and, and let everything else fall into place. So today I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to believe. I know life is difficult and you don't trust too many people and, and, and you know, that's, that's the way it is. But I want you to begin to believe and trust that God could use you to make a difference in this world. God could use you to bring hope, to bring love, and, and to just bring a new day to somebody and even to your home. So, San Antonio, God bless you. Uh, I wanted to share that and drop that word on you a little bit. And I'm back in the studio, and it's my pleasure to be back in the studio with the man of God. And I, I say this often. I say, you know, that uh, I, I appreciate the evangelists that travel the world, and they, they jump on a plane, and they're here on Tuesday. They're there on Thursday, and they're, they, they are all over the world, and they do a great job preaching in stadiums and, and different places. But I believe there's a special place in God's heart for the pastors, for the shepherds, for, for those that, that stick around, for those that answer the call at 3 a.m., uh, when the baby's fever don't doesn't break and and when uh, bad things happen, the pastor shows up. And when good things happen, the pastor's there to celebrate as well. And I thank God for the pastors, for the office of the pastors. And I want you to 
perhaps uh, maybe maybe this weekend when you see your pastor, give him a hug. Uh, thank God for him and thank him as well or her. Thank them for what they have done in your life, how they minister, how they prepare, and how they work. And uh, I'm here with uh, with a man of God today. He is the senior pastor of Garden Ridge Assembly. He is none other than Pastor Robert Denard. Pastor Robert, thank you for being with us today and being in the studio. Thanks for having me today. It's a pleasure. Well, I want I want to talk to you a little bit about about you, about what's going on with you and your life. I don't I don't know you. We just met. And and I say this a lot again. I, I I like it when I don't know the pastor that's in the studio with me because I'm asking these genuine questions that I'm learning as well as the listener. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What is your your background? Are you a PK? Are you ex gang member? What what's the deal? What's up? Nothing quite uh, like that. Um, well, I'm 38 years old. Uh, I've been married to my wife Tiffany for the last 17 years, and. Um, you know, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, so grew up there and uh, traveled a little bit when I was older through the military uh, and ultimately settled here in San Antonio about two years ago to take the role of pastor at Garden Ridge Assembly. So ministry brought you to San Antonio. That is correct. That's right. And your last city that you lived before San Antonio was Atlanta? Was Georgia area? Actually, no. We I grew up in Atlanta and I served in San Diego, California for a short time, youth pastoring there. Then I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for about seven years. And that was my last stop before coming here to San Antonio. Pittsburgh. All right. You, you, how do you do with the cold over there? You know, the cold lately has been a reminder of what it's actually been like. Uh, before in Pittsburgh. And when it snowed a few days ago, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought that we left all this up north in Pittsburgh. I don't miss it. I, you don't miss I, it at all. I miss the people of Pittsburgh, but I don't miss the weather of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, I'm from New York, so I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I, I like seeing pictures of snow and uh, seeing pictures of people being cold. Uh, but I could, I could take San Antonio winters just fine. The winter is one of the best times to be in San Antonio. Yes, it is. 72 degrees in February. I can handle that. <laughs> so now tell me a little bit about your, your conversion. Uh, did you, were you a PK? Were you in a, in a Christian home in, in your upbringing? Well, I grew up in a home where I knew about God. I prayed. We didn't attend church until a little bit later. Uh, my parents were divorced when I was five years old, and I lived at, with both of them at different times. And when I was 14, my dad was somewhat radically saved, and then he and my stepmom and, and I began attending church on a regular basis. And not long after that, the pastor of that church came over for a home visit and, and, uh, and explained to me, you know, uh, for a person to be saved, it, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to be born again. It's not enough to just go to church on Sunday. It's really not enough to, to just pray, but you need to be born again. And so that night, he shared with me out of Revelation chapter 3, he said, Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone would open the door of their life to me, that I would come in and, and explain how salvation uh, worked. And so that night I prayed and, and uh, asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life, the Savior of my soul. And, um, and so that's the moment that that I got saved. I wish I could say that every moment after that was sin-free and, and easy going. That certainly wasn't uh, the case, but that was the time that I that I got saved there. That, I, I like that story, especially what you said, because uh, there's something to be said about church attenders, people that go to church. Church saves no one, and you can you can be in church and uh, and and not know the God of the church. 
You know, how would you address someone today that perhaps is in that situation, perhaps challenging them? It's not about attending. Right. It's about having him in your heart. Right. You know, church is the, the primary vehicle that, that I think God uses right now to, to spread the gospel with people. Most people come to faith in Jesus Christ through the church or through a relationship with someone uh, in the church. And yet, that's right. You, you can attend church every day of your life. You can give lots of money in the offering. Uh, you can even pray. But unless you've really put your faith, your hope, your trust in Jesus Christ in the way that the Bible says, then you're not saved. And so church attendance alone doesn't do it. You have to surrender your heart. Uh, and yourself to Jesus. Amen. So let's let's fast forward a little bit because uh, not everybody that gives their heart to the Lord ends up being a pastor. Sure. Uh, so how was that? How was that time for you? Where did you decide? What went wrong? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I started feeling that call to ministry almost immediately. Even the night that I gave my heart to the Lord, I started feeling that call to ministry. Didn't really know what to do with it, and I also had other desires that I thought that my life uh, would go. And so I felt like I was probably drawn to the area of law or military or, or maybe a combination of both of those things. And so when I went to college, I majored in political science and looked toward a future in uh, either federal law enforcement uh, or or possibly going to law school or, or maybe even in the military for a career. And I did enlist in the Marine Corps Reserve and served uh, with the Marine Corps for for four years, I deployed to Iraq in 2004. Uh, I went to college part-time and worked full-time as a police officer uh, for about seven years in my home state of Georgia. Had a great experience in all those things, but at the same time, <clears throat> excuse me, but at the same time, uh, my wife and I began serving uh, as volunteer uh, youth ministry leaders, and, and how that went down was uh, one day the pastor gave a call from the pulpit and said, hey, we need people that'll serve uh, in high school and middle school ministry to work as small group leaders. And when well, you know, I, I looked and my hand was up in the air. <laughs> and how did that get there? And I had no idea that that actually was a pivotal moment uh, that would ultimately change the direction of, of, our, of my family's life. So uh, we began serving in youth ministry and life outside of work really just became about uh, ministry. We loved our church family and we loved the students that we worked with. And, and eventually I finished my bachelor's degree. I progressed with the police department, had opportunities to serve uh, as a trained uh, hostage negotiator and served on that crisis negotiation. By the way, every youth leader needs hostage negotiation training, right? So pastors be aware. Um, after that, I got to serve uh, on the SWAT team for several years, also great uh, for youth ministry. And, uh, and when I finished my bachelor's um, I had a lot of doors that were open. First off, I could have stayed with the police department and continued my career there, maybe go into detectives or become a sergeant and supervisor and look to rise through the ranks there. I also had the opportunity to commission as an officer in the Marine Corps if I wanted to go uh, that route and begin to attend OCS. Um, or I could have went to law school. I even went so far as to take the LSAT, which is the law school entrance exam, got the score that I wanted to get into the school of my choice there. But I just began to notice that the longer I served in that area of military and law enforcement, I was blessed in that area. I had many doors were open, but the longer that I served there versus the longer that I served in the area of, of really just lay ministry at the time, the less passion and fulfillment and joy and calling that I had in those areas of, <clears throat> of, of law and, and, uh, and, and military, even though I was blessed in those areas. But at the same time, the more sense of fulfillment and joy and, and what I would call a, a now a pastoral burden that I had for ministry in the church. And so 
uh, after a, a season of prayer and, and fasting, my wife and I felt like, you know, it's, uh, let's take this leap. Let's, uh, let's look to go into full-time ministry. And so I began a, a training program, a, a master's degree program through Regent University, an online course mm-hmm. uh, or online coursework that would allow me to pursue a, a ministerial degree. And after a time, I um, put a resume out there. And wouldn't you know it, someone thought that all of that experience could be helpful in, in youth ministry. And so uh, in 2011, uh, we uh, put down the, the life and the career that we had uh, in Georgia. And so we had a, our, our home and our, and our son, who was uh, just two years old at the time, and all of our family lived in that area for the most part, uh, and our little dog. And we had to lay uh, that life down and uh, took that scary step you know, into full-time ministry and moved from Georgia, where we knew everyone, to San Diego, California, where we knew no one, uh, but it sure was pretty in San Diego, so mm-hmm. it didn't, t- didn't take a whole lot of convincing to get me to want to move to San Diego, but it was quite a, quite a step moving from um, where you've always been and the people that you've always known to a new place where you know uh, essentially you know, no one and, yeah. and nothing and beginning the work of the ministry there. Let me ask you a question about, about that, because what I'm, what I'm seeing, I have some... I have some experience in in what uh, the move, especially being from New York, we moved in two thousand and one, and it was it was I, I say I would knowing what I know now I probably would not do it again, but uh, how was how was that sacrifice for you when you look at that move and we look at you know a, a sacrifice and we the Bible talks about uh, sacrifices all throughout and. And we talk about a sacrifice of praise and, you know, praising where you don't feel like it. But there's there's something there's a sacrifice there where you loaded up a U-Haul and and you drove uh, cross country and and uh, and you laid down a career. You were not you were not starving. You were not just looking for something. You had stuff right that you had to walk away from. You know, talk to me about about the sacrifice. I think usually you see the blessing that comes from the sacrifice after the sacrifice. And so it's tough when you're in that moment because there were certainly times when it, it was not easy. It wasn't easy making the move. And in the middle of the ministry uh, in California, it wasn't easy necessarily to do that there. We left a, a thriving church and a thriving youth ministry to go and, and essentially restart one that had died. And it was tough going. And, and in the area of Southern California, it was um, – it was different ministering to students there than it was in the Bible Belt in, in Atlanta, where mm-hmm. everyone had seemingly heard some form of the gospel before. And so we plugged away, and, and, and we recognized, okay, this is tougher than we thought it would be. And I think a lot of times sacrifice ends up being a lot tougher than we think it's going to be. And yet the blessing came later. A lot of the lessons that we learned uh, there um, God used as we got into those um, those next areas of ministry and next steps. And it reminds me of uh, when uh, David was about to go and face Goliath. Mm-hmm. And nobody necessarily – and I had people that believed in me, but uh, David's brothers and even King Saul, they did not believe, hey, you are not ready for this thing. You're just a kid, and Goliath is a trained warrior. How in the world are you going to face him? But what they didn't know is that the battles that David had already fought facing the bear and facing the lion had, had prepared him for facing that giant. And so it's those sacrifices and those battles that we face now that prepare us for the ones that we're going to face later. Wow. That's a, that's a, great, a great statement. I love, I love David and, uh, and that, that battle and that time. 
And a lot of times, don't we feel like that? And those voices of David's brothers and, and Saul are not coming so much from the outside. They're coming from the inside. You mm-hmm. know, they come, they come from within us. Mm-hmm. How, was, how was, I mean, I, ju- I just love that, that sacrifice that you, that you walked away from. That's, to me, that's mind-blowing. To me, that's something that I'm sure God has honored in, in your life because he gave, he gave you the ability and you're working on it. You're doing it, and, 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 you, and you gave it back to him to serve him in, in, in a greater capacity, I would say. Amen. You know, it's been, uh, like I said, there have been times where it's been a sacrifice and it's been hard, but, but I've never felt like I made the wrong decision. Even, mm-hmm. even in those seasons where it's been tough, where maybe we didn't have enough money to get by, um, because it's a pay cut a lot of times going from the secular world into, into the ministerial world. Um, but then I look back on the people that I've been able to interact with and li- people that we've seen come to faith in Jesus Christ, lives that we've seen uh, be changed because of the gospel, and, and, and it's been worth it. It's been worth it. In, in every sense of the word, it's been worth it. Amen. And so now that, that's a great story. You got into ministry. You're in California. How do you end up in San Antonio or, or in Texas? Well, our my in-laws uh, actually lived in San Antonio anyway, and so we had some connections with a, a church here that uh, let us know about Garden Ridge Assembly eventually becoming open and, and an opportunity that was there. And, and uh, I was at that point in, in my ministry career, I'd done youth ministry as, as a lay minister and then as a full-time youth pastor for uh, close to 20 years, it seemed, for a long time. And um, I felt like at that Point, God was changing our season from one of youth ministry to ministry to, to families, so uh, grown-ups and uh, students. And um, so we just began to seek the Lord about what that would look like and uh, had several opportunities uh, in different parts of the country, but uh, never felt settled until we heard about this uh, small church in Garden Ridge, Texas, near San Antonio. And uh, the more that we prayed about that, the more that we just felt like God was leading us uh, here and so early 2018, uh, here we came. Early 2018. So you're not here very long. No, just uh, two years. Uh, my two-year mark is uh, coming up in a couple of weeks here. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Uh, tell me a little bit about, about the church, uh, where you guys located. Uh, tell, me, tell me about it. Well, Garden Ridge Assembly is located in Garden Ridge, Texas. It's a suburb of San Antonio. Uh, we're actually near Shirts, so near I-35 and 1604. Most of our people live somewhere along that corridor of 1604, I-35. You could come from anywhere, and we'd welcome you. But uh, we're located there. Our uh, Sunday morning services are at, at 10 a.m. Uh, we have Wednesday night activities uh, for adults and children as well as uh, youth-age students, and those start at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. So – when uh, when you got to Garden Ridge and you and you, uh, you it wasn't a church plant, or or was it? What was that? Garden Ridge Assembly uh, is essentially what we would call a a church replant, mm-hmm. and so it's a church that was started in 2011 by its founding pastor. He left in 2016 to um, to pursue a, a options elsewhere, and so Garden Ridge Assembly had which had been called High Point at the time. Um, went for about a year without a pastor, um, but they partnered with another local church, First Assembly of God San Antonio, in a parent church type relationship, which allowed them to keep going. However, it's tough for any church when there's not a 
a, a senior leader or a pastor in place. And so you see the things that happen uh, in, transi- in transition in a church. Oftentimes we'll see attendance begin to decrease okay. and people serving begin to decrease. And, um, and of course, that happened at Garden Ridge Assembly. So when I arrived, it really honestly was a step of faith for us to, um, to say, okay, God, we believe you that you're bringing us to this place because there were only about 30 people or so in attendance when we came. And, and Pittsburgh to San Diego – or excuse me, Pittsburgh to San Antonio – um, for a church of 30 is, is a step of faith if, yeah. if we're just being honest about that. But we said, you know what? Um, we're going to believe God that he has something uh, bigger and greater in store for this church. And so we just began to seek him uh, and, and work with those leaders and folks that had been in place already, that core that had been remaining, that, that just also had been believing God wants to do more in this place and doesn't want to see uh, this church die. And so we just began to, to walk with them and work with them and and honestly, just preach the word of God, and uh, and and then step by step, little by little, week by week, we began to see God do that thing that He does, which has brought the increase. Mm-hmm. And so, two years later, we're uh, we're averaging close to a hundred or so in attendance. Uh, and so, God is doing the work there. The church has gone from a place where we really we weren't really sure if it was going to make it, but we were believing Him for the best, to a place where we're growing and thriving. And we are uh, very soon going to have to go to two services because we can't fit enough people in the room uh, for the one service anymore. But isn't that faith? Yes. Where you are not sure <laughs> if it's, if it's going to if it's gonna make it, but you keep on. That's right. You know, so it's not about the feeling. It's not about what you see. It's, it's about I put my faith in God, and if God called me here, then uh, it's, something's going to happen. That's exactly right. Jesus said that about, you know, blessed are those who believe without seeing. And so we're going to take steps of faith. Regardless of what we see right now, we're going to take those steps of faith forward and believe God for his very best. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? That, that's a great jumping off point right there. Uh, I <laughs> I know I put you on the spot a little bit. I'm asking for a sermon on tap. But <laughs> just one one minute, one minute on, on faith. Um, um, you're not seeing it, but but faith is there. Well, in Proverbs, we see trust in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding, right? In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he's going to make your paths straight. So I'm not the one who determines what the path is going to look like. God is the one who's going to lead us down that that path. And so if I trust in him, if my faith is actually in him, then I'm going to trust him that even though things may not look the way that I would prefer, Right now, and 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 the things may be harder than I even I originally thought they were going to be. When I take those first one or two steps, if my trust, if my faith is in the Lord, then I can trust Him for the outcome of that. And as long as I keep my eyes on Him and I keep trusting on Him, then He's going to make the outcome what He desires it to be, even if it looks different than what I thought it should have been. Amen. You're listening to uh, Pastor Robert Denard. He is the senior pastor of Garden Ridge Assembly in Garden Ridge, uh, and. Uh, you can find them on the internet, on the web at gardenridgeassembly.org. Uh, they're located 9357. Schoenthal. Schoenthal, thank you, uh, Road. And uh, he's, tell me, where is that? Uh, well, Schoenthal Road is located off of FM 3009. We're probably about five minutes from I 35 or maybe 10 minutes from 1604. And we can find you on Facebook as well. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play for podcasts of messages as well as video uh, on Vimeo. So all your sermons, you put them up. We do. podcast them. That's Excellent. Correct. That's correct. Excellent. So there's no reason. There is no reason not to, not to get fed, not to hear something in some word. And you have, you have great word. I, I just want to tell you that. And uh, 
Pastor, we have a couple of minutes left as we're uh, on the Church of the Week program with uh, uh, Garden Ridge Assembly and Pastor Robert Denard. Why don't you invite us to church on Sunday? Sure. We would love uh, to have you at church at Garden Ridge Assembly this Sunday. You know, we are intentional about the Great Commission. If you're looking for a church that believes the Bible, teaches the Bible, and wants to see people uh, come to faith in Jesus Christ, then then that is us. There are plenty of good churches around, so I hope you go to church somewhere. Uh, but I also hope that you'll give us a shot. One of the things that I love about Garden Ridge Assembly is how our people uh, who have begun attending, especially recently, and have stayed, say how welcome they felt immediately and how very quickly after that they felt not like visitors but like family. And so we are a, uh, a very welcoming church. Uh, we uh, want to see people be able to live victoriously for Jesus. That means be able to know and understand and live out biblical values and be confident uh, in their faith enough to the point that they can share it with others. So uh, we'd love to have you come and be part of that. Let me ask you one last question. Do I have to go to church dressed up in my three-piece suit and bow tie? What's the deal with the dress code? We have a strict no bow tie policy <laughs> at Garden Ridge. No, you know, we're, we're a come-as-you-are uh, kind of church. I don't believe that God cares nearly as much about what you wear than the fact that you put your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus. Amen. That's a great word. Thank you so much for that. Uh, San Antonio, you are invited to church. I want to see you in church. And if you're looking for a church, I want you to try out Garden Ridge Assembly. You've heard from Pastor Robert, and he's got great word. And uh, Pastor Robert, thank you so much for being here and being part of the Church of the Week program on KSLR. Love to have you again, and uh, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. God bless you, San Antonio. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.